G'day and welcome back to another episode of Pot on Your Loons. This is James. Yeah, Pot on Your Loons. This is Sam. Just the two of us today. Justin's chilling on a lake. It's 4th of July, so good for him. Nice. Yeah. Enjoy the weather. Some of us have to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, is that even you? That's not even you, right? Uh, kind of. I've been keeping busy this summer. Obviously, too busy for us to record last yes. week. Right, last week, Justin was still on said lake. I was in Wisconsin. James, where did you go, London? Yeah, I was in. Uh, I was actually in Reading for uh, for work. Yeah, Reading. Yep, yep. You had said that on yep. the previous podcast. So, yeah, it was it was funny. Like none of us thought, "Hey, we're all traveling. Do we have enough people to record the podcast?" And then I don't know. I feel bad about that. We we really do try to get an episode out every week, and everyone was probably like, "Oh, well, after that ugly loss, they just didn't want to do the <laughs> podcast anymore." But uh, yeah, well. It got better. That's the important point, you know. We we dodged uh, we dodged the low, and we've come back in on the high. So we're back we're for back the fun. For the, part. We're, we're back when it's fun to talk and exciting to talk about the loons. Yeah, it's not always so fun to wake up to uh, our wins, though, considering how the text messages go when you read them, which is very good. And then, right. oh my god, can we hang on, please? Twice. Uh, yep. <laughs> but you know yep. what? We got W's in the end, so I'll take it. Yep. Yeah, we're referring to the back-to-back 3-2 wins, the back-to-back 3-2 wins in which the Loons started off with the first three goals and then just kind of gradually let in goals until we... Yeah, squeaked. Squeaked over the, the line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But hey, we'll take it. We'll take it. I think we have a fun episode. We're going to talk some Loons. We're going to talk some Aurora. Again, not full strength in terms of we're missing Justin. Next week, you'll be missing me. I will be in California, assuming that I'm not offered like $10,000 to give up my flight. Because if I'm offered $10,000 to give up my flight, I'm going to take it. What? Are people being... That happened. Yeah. I, I think that that was a very unique situation in which, under unique circumstances, a passenger or two were offered $10,000 by Delta to give up their ticket because they had either overbooked or, well, I mean, but overbookings happen all the time. Right. Right. You were saying this airports are understaffed. Terrible. Honestly, it was, it was, I've never had it that bad going to London. Yeah. So airports are struggling with staffing as is everyone. And so you're having flights that just can't happen. We're leaving at a ridiculous time in the morning. Like I have to wake up at 3am to get to the airport. And then we're flying to California. Nice. Fun. Yeah, I, I got to the airport at, I think it was like 11, 11.30, and my flight was at 2.30. And it took me three hours to get through security. And I <laughs> didn't even have to check a bag, and I was already checked in. And they wouldn't let you upstairs more than four hours before your flight to try and control crowds. But people were standing there around me, and it had taken more than four hours for them to get to that point and they'd like already missed their flights so people it was hmm. it was actually horrible yeah it was uh, but your experience at msp went oh yeah well was like, so i should be okay. just, like no line got like the 20 million questions from the tsa picked up a bag straight away like literally as i walked to the baggage carousel my bag came out and i walked straight out and then i was done easy yeah. cut. hopefully that is my experience very, very, very early. On yeah, Thursday you should be morning. fine. It's really midday around airports that starts to get real bad. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna land because I'm going to San Francisco area. Uh, not staying in San Francisco, but flying into San Francisco, and we're gonna land in San Francisco a little after eight a.m. Time for breakfast. Boom. So I'm gonna. Well, and you know, ample time for their rush hour. Hopefully, it's oh, not yeah. too bad. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Probably is. <laughs> No, it should be fun. I've never been to California. I'm pretty pumped. I have, actually. And there you go. Yeah, yeah that's right. 24 hours, so right. not, <laughs> not the world's biggest tour. Did you leave yeah, the yeah, airport? Yeah. It doesn't count if you've never left yeah, the airport. Yeah, okay, I you went to, yeah. I went to a karaoke bar, and then like I went to the Santa Monica Beach uh, during the day. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, did, I, was, I was a bit of a tourist. I did a thing. Oh, well. Yeah, that counts. Yep. If you leave the airport, it counts. Well, let, let's get into it again. We're going to talk about 
loons, which was has been kind of a roller coaster in the past two weeks since we last talked to you all. We're going to talk a little Aurora uh, towards the end as well. Should be a fun episode. Just Sam and James. And then, yeah, next week, whatever happens, you get just the Jays. Just the Jays. I'm excited. So let's tell this as a story. And we're going to tell it as a story that we're assuming you've you've heard it before. <laughs> you know, both because it, it happened two weeks ago, but also because, right, like there have been some recurring themes with Minnesota United, to say the least. So well, we're, don't worry, we're not going to go over every, every little detail. But part one of this story, we're going to call Rock Bottom. All right, Rock Bottom. So June 19th, we're coming out of the international break. Just had a nice showing against Paderborn. Of course, Loons give up a one-point lead at New England. They lose 2-1. We had talked about that one in the previous episode. We went over that one. We assume you guys are, are done hearing about New England. What we did not go over was shortly after that is when we get the news of Adrian Heath's contract extension. So shortly after that, uh, shortly after giving up a one-goal lead on the road, we lose 2-1 at New England. We then find out that Adrian Heath, his contract had been renewed in January, and we were waiting until now uh, to get the announcement because we wanted to make sure that the assistance had all been extended. So Ian Fuller, Sean McCauley, uh, and then the goalkeeper coach, Stuart Kerr, all renewed as well. Probably not the best timing for everyone to find out, given, given the hizzy that the fan base yep. was in. But Adrian Heath renewed through the 2024 season. So essentially two more seasons of Heath on the current contract, assuming that that contract is not extended, assuming that he sees out the, uh, the full contract. We have Heath through 2024. James, do you have any thoughts? Um, any reaction? I mean, timing was terrible. Uh, <laughs> Timing was awful. I think yeah. fair to say uh, to lose the game straight after the international break, after you lost the game going into the international break, which was the one we were there for, could have been better. But I mean, look at the end of the day, like the guys, like uh, Bill Maguire talked about, right? Like it's about consistency. We've been making playoffs. Man deserves a chance. A lot of people thought it'd be three years. Uh, I think they're probably. I wouldn't say Twitter's overly happy, but you know I think they're appeased by the fact that it's two years. So there's at least kind of we'll see what happens. And I mean, Tw- Twitter not being overly happy. Yeah, <laughs> that's an Twitter was very but... not amused uh, by this. But you know, well, he's been winning games like he's had winning seasons, right? And that's kind of when you look at something like the NFL people coaches who have winning seasons stay on when you start having losing seasons that's when you start being in trouble and for for the mls it's kind of like when you lose out and you miss the playoffs that's kind of when you're in trouble and adrian heath hasn't done that right so uh in the last couple of years so yeah i'll be interested to see how it goes i think uh you know definitely if we miss playoffs this year which we should not do by the way uh there will be much much more pressure and i think if we miss playoffs this year and we and we have a poor showing next year i definitely think that's the door but if we make playoffs again this year and have a strong start next year and and really come out the blocks and and kind of push towards mid top table yeah who knows could get another extension i really get why so many people are feeling kind of negative about this i really think expectations were high and, right, the team sold us on high expectations. The, the team convinced the fan base to be really, really excited at what was to come, not in the distant future, but in the immediate future, right? The team sold to the fan base, be excited about 2022. And, right, we, we made a financial splash with Adrian Hunu. <laughs> right? And, and maybe the team oversold us all. Maybe fans kind of let their imaginations run wild. And I am including myself in this too. Maybe my imagination ran wild when year year four were in the Western Conference final. If not for a comeback by Seattle, we would have been in the MLS Cup. Maybe my my own imagination ran wild. But at at the same time, I, I do 
I do see it, right? I, I do understand the negativity that happened around the re-signing of Adrian Heath. You can't have this many expectations about the club. You can't then go make big, big financial splashes, bring in two DP strikers, and just not score goals. That was just so frustrating to watch, and I totally understand why the fans were upset. I guess I would encourage everyone to, okay, you know, maybe, maybe let's chill out a little bit. We have hit rock bottom before. We have had some depressing moments before, and we've talked about those on this show. We tend to come out from them. And as we talked about in the last episode, the three straight seasons of qualifying for the playoffs, Seattle and Portland are the only other two Western Conference teams that can say that. And Portland isn't looking like they'll be able to say it very much longer. So I I do think we need to chill out a little bit. I do think we haven't always been fair as a fan base to Adrian Heath. You know, I, I'm not saying anyone is beyond criticism, even when someone's doing a, a good job. But we've we've been relatively successful these past three seasons. And I, I do think he's deserved a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. I think the team should have announced this re-signing in January. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. I I agree. Uh, <laughs> I th- Yeah, I think... You know, it, all they have to do is take one look at social media to realize that they should not do that again. Well, and people find things out. People find things out. So you want to wait until the assistant coaches also have their contracts before you make an announcement. The average fan doesn't care about that. No, they do not. By keep by trying to keep it a secret, you are allowing the opportunity for the leak to happen. And by allowing the opportunity for the leak to happen, you're allowing the opportunity for the leak to happen at the worst possible time, which was in the middle of a run of bad form at the exact same time that you're sending out your notices to your season ticket holders asking them to renew. Which, you know, from the looks of Twitter, also was a lot of people not doing that either. So, Which, if we've learned anything in the past several years, Twitter is not real life. So true. Right. Twitter is not real life. Yes. You're, you you know, and I'm I'm not, you know, this is no commentary on the people that are going to Twitter and saying, (laughs) Hey, I'm canceling it. That's no commentary on them. I, you know, I'm a big proponent of you do you right. If if you want to cancel your tickets, you cancel your tickets. If you don't want to cancel your tickets, don't cancel your tickets. I I personally wouldn't cancel my tickets. um, If I had them, I do not have them because I have two here's kids. Here's where my tickets and I live here's in Here's where suburbs. my non-canceled tickets would be if I had yes. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hey, that's not personally what I would do, but you know, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of you do you. If you want to cancel your tickets, you do your, you cancel your tickets. I don't think that the major I don't think that the vast majority of people are doing so. I I think I think it's more more vocal people are doing so personally, and that's just based on. That's just based on observations, some that have to do with the loons, some that have not to do with the loons. Twitter is not real life. Yeah, I mean... Let's get back to the story, Yeah, it was pretty much the same. You kind of turned a page of the book and you got the same story as you had in the previous page when we were against Miami. 65th goal by... 65th minute goal by Luis Amaria. Also, I noticed the countdown on Twitter is no longer being updated, so that's kind of sad. Oh, Luis Amaria's countdown no, no, no longer well, going? No, it just says 21, but no. he's at like 19 now. Uh, yeah. He gives the Loons the lead. We then waste it by giving up an 87th minute equalizer and a 90th minute uh, game winner by Miami. So that wasn't good. Yeah, that was that was rough to watch. Yeah. That was really rough to watch. I was at my parents' house in Wisconsin watching I that. Think- I was watching with some friends that aren't really soccer people trying to get them excited about it and telling them all about how, what, what Minnesota is doing, what the strategy is here, the whole, like just locking things down, ready to park the bus and just try to wind this game out. The 87 minute goal goes in. That's unlucky. That happens. It's not often that the 87 minute equalizer is followed by a 90, 90th minute game winner. And that just sucked. Again, you, you've heard, you've, that was over a week ago. You all know about that. And the that. lunacy guys were there too, so that was yeah. the thing. Yeah, and they, they sounded like they had a good time. I did listen to their po- – I think their podcast was the only – because I was just – last week I was just – normally I give all the Loons podcasts a listen. 
And last week I just wasn't in the mood. Yep, no. Uh, wasn't in the mood. And I did give the Lunacy guys a listen just because I wanted to hear how their trip went. And it sounded like they had a good time. Good. Good. And then, and and then the, the, story yeah, the last part yeah. of Rock Bottom was we, uh, we traded uh, Adrian Anu back to France. Yep. Sold to, uh, oh my God, I didn't even check how to pronounce this. I think it's Angiers. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we. Our resident European uh, yeah. needs to brush up on his French, I guess. <laughs> Basically, we sold him back to a French first division. Team. We sold him to Angers. Angers. Yeah, that's apparently how you pronounce that. Si vous plaît. Yeah, si yeah. <laughs> Bonjour, yeah. Um, freeze up an international spot and a DP spot. Yeah, the uh, MLS secondary transfer window opens on the 7th of July, so that is three days from now until August the 4th. The Pioneer Press suggests we may try to bring in another DP striker. And apparently we got $2.8 million for him, just over a year removed that we spent $3.3 million on him. So we only lost half a million. That's... Yeah. Thoughts? That's not awful. I think that's fairly respectable. Yeah, yeah. So we paid over. We essentially paid half a million to have him for fourteen months. I say that's not too bad. Yeah, I've definitely seen worse. I think of the way I think of the MLS and DPS. You're only allowed three of them. As right as a team, you got a hit on those three DPS. Similar to say the NFL, where you get one first round pick. You know, maybe you acquire an extra first round pick, but you, you got to hit on your first round picks if you're an NFL GM. If you are in charge of personnel at an MLS club, you got to hit on your DPs. Minnesota United hit on Reynoso. You know, Gregish was good for when we had him, but you got to hit on your DPs. And right now, at, at least with Adrian Hanu, Luisa Maria, maybe Amaria is heating up. But Hanu wasn't working out, and I, I feel bad because it was I, 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 he was a constant professional the entire time. The, it was clear that the talent was there. Yep, he seemed like a delightful guy. He went to Fred Emmings's graduation party. That, that was, was pretty cool. sweet. Yeah, that's just how it is, man. Like sometimes you bring it in, it doesn't work out. Cool, we'll ship you off back to France. You get to be back in Liga Un, and we get to go on the hunt for uh, for someone else. Yeah. Clearly, French clubs rate him if they're willing to bring him back in, and he, he only takes a little ding in his valuation. So clearly, he's rated over in France. And I mean, he he's pretty fit. He only played 128 minutes, <laughs> so not a lot of wear and tear on the body. Well, that's what we were saying when we brought him yeah. in. So we, you know, we shipped him out in the same condition that we brought him in. And this is yep. where you trade into optimism. Uh, yeah. 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 Because, I, I mean, that could have been way worse. I mean, we're not, you know, personnel managers at, at these football clubs. Like, if you would have told us that Hanu lost half his value in the 14 months he was with us and that we, we were only making a fraction of what we paid, I, I would have believed you. Yeah. To, to only lose right? 500K out of 3.3 million. You know what? You take them. That's a win. Yeah. Yep. Everyone's happy. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah, let, let's move into part two of the story, and that is the optimism part, right? And now we're to the part of the story where this would not have been covered had we actually recorded last week. So June 29th, we, right, you all know this, we won 3-2 against LA Galaxy. Well, we were up 3-0 by halftime against LA Galaxy at LA Galaxy. Reynoso with two of those goals, Fregapani with one. We then, you know, kind of talking about little patterns that we see. We give up a 60th-minute goal. We give up a 93rd-minute goal to a, a 10-man LA Galaxy. They were, they were down to 10 men. I do want to point that out. Yeah. Thankfully, the whistle was blown before any more bleeding could happen. Um, Kervin Arriaga, unfortunately, was injured there. Left ankle, he'll be out two to four weeks. It was just his ankle. At, at first, we thought it might be his Achilles. Obviously, just the ankle... That is much better news, but the, the bleeding I want us to talk about is we are up 3-0 at halftime, and we let in a 60th-minute goal and a 93rd-minute goal, and all of a sudden this thing 
gets really interesting at the end. And and if you're watching, you're legitimately nervous that Minnesota is going to blow this, which is foreshadowing uh, for something we're going to talk about in a little bit. You, you you also forgot to mention that there was like the after after game kerfuffle, which uh, also got Joseph Rosales sent off along with Douglas Costa as well. Yep. So, yeah, I think I, I have that again foreshadowing. I think I have that later oh. in the notes for when we have to explain why Robin Lud was playing in the eight. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. Yep. No, that makes sense. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, not not only do we lose, not only do we lose Kervin uh, Ariaga injury but we lose joseph rosales to what'd you call it a kerfuffle, a kerfuffle. yeah it was a kerfuffle yeah was yep lost him not to be confused with kefefe 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 right what was the i don't know i was listening to i was listening to a thing about trump tweets and i heard a is it kefefe Kefe, i don't remember <laughs> whatever it was someone no pointed out um no the the thing is of course is that we went one nil up uh, and then they went to 10 men so Classic Minnesota United style. Everyone already started getting nervous. Thankfully, we were three 0 up mm-hmm. at half time, and yeah, we just uh, we just had a bit of a choky moment. Uh, we didn't win the possession. We didn't have the most shots. We didn't have the most shots on target. We didn't have the most passes. Yeah, we didn't really. We we definitely didn't have the most corners. They had eleven, and we had two. Right, so we uh, definitely much more of a a holdout. I d- I just. I don't understand, man. And, like, we're going to talk about it in the next game as well, because basically the same thing happened. But how are we just... What happens at halftime? How are we, like, just this dominating, imposing, magical team in the first half and then just trash in the second half? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't get it, it. it is difficult, uh, obviously... Obviously, you have the other team starting to throw everything they have at you, caring less about their own defense because they got nothing to lose. So uh, obviously that that's a thing, but we'll get we'll get into more kind of commentary and I don't know if you can call it analysis, but we'll we'll discuss this phenomenon uh, after we talk about the next game quick. Before we get to the next game uh, against Real Salt Lake, I, I do want to bring up. We are bringing in a new right back. Uh, as you know, Ramon Metnair has been struggling with injury. He is on the wrong side of 30. Reoccurring hamstring injuries with Ramon Metnair. It, it, it's hard to imagine him ever being the machine again. Uh, I, yeah, it's I'm not saying that so his contract is up at the end of this year. I am not saying that he is for sure gone. I, I think, right, we saw Ozzy Alonso kind of stay around at Minnesota United you know, after having an injury riddled season and and do very well, but we didn't go into that season. As I said, in the last episode, we did not go into that season, just assuming that Ozzy Alonso was our set it and forget it. Number six. I don't think you can go into next season with Ramon Metnair as your set it and forget it. uh, Right back. Now, DJ Taylor has been playing great in his absence. Looks like we're bringing in someone else. Alan Benitez, 28 year old from Paraguay. He's got some pedigree with him. He has won Paraguay's top division very recently. He has three caps with their national team. He's played in Copa Libertadores. He's played in Copa Sudamericana. I'm no Justin. (laughs) And don't expect me to be Justin. I will never be Justin. I think he has a 68 FIFA ranking. But I'm confused here because I don't know what website Justin uses, but I found two websites that said different FIFA ratings. I'm going with the 68. That's what I think it is. I saw a website that said he was a 78. I don't think 78 would be pretty high for a right back that we're finding out of Paraguay. I mean, yeah, who knows? Uh, I'm, I'm less inclined to believe the the higher number, but yeah, I guess we'll, uh, We'll, we'll wait for Justin. We'll wait, we'll wait for Justin and, and find that out. But pretty sure he's a 68 on FIFA. 28 year old right back should be should be in his prime. I'm I'm not gonna you know lie to you all and say that we've been watching Paraguayan football all year long and 
We we well, know exactly who this guy is and exactly how speak he for plays. yourself, Sam. No, um, you know, I mean, it's no Belarus in no, Premier that's League. True. I will say, yeah, he. Uh, it looks like he has a sixty-eight overall. One thing that is highlighted by his FIFA skills, from what I can find, is he is. Are we still talking? No, about he's FIFA? very. He looks. He looks okay. quick. He Go looks quick. Uh, he apparently has a eighty-plus sprint speed. So that's that's very positive. <laughs> According to FIFA, his face is in the game. That's something that Justin yeah, always when, says. If you if your face is there, Justin always makes a big deal. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're doing all right. Your actual face. So, yep. so I did read, I I did read that he has played some played on the right wing a bit, because I I have been very curious. Like if you were to talk with our coaching staff, because defensively, Minnesota United hasn't taken a hit with. Ramon Matnera out of the game. Have we offensively? Offensively, is the does the absence of Ramon Matnera limit what we are able to do? I, I wonder what our coaching staff would say. You know, we do see DJ Taylor contributing quite a bit on offense, as in, and you've seen that in the past couple of games. DJ Taylor letting in crosses, uh, taking shots of his own. You do see DJ Taylor contributing on offense. I'm not saying that he's he hasn't been. I also think, you know, vintage Ramon Metnair, right? The 2019 All-Star Ramon Metnair. I, I also just think, right, he was playing right back at a different level. Are we missing that? To what extent are we missing that? Does that impact what our offense is able to do? Does that impact even, even just having whoever's playing on the right wing, whether it's Robin Lewis or Longwane, even if it's just having them have to compensate or cover more ground with the machine not there. Yeah. I mean, I think I think so, but I also think, you know, you talked about how Metinair is kind of like the missing, could it be a missing piece from attack? Well, you got to remember that last time we saw Metinair, there was also Aussie, there was also... Uh, Kevin Molino mm-hmm. as well, right? So, I mean, Kevin Molino's been gone a little bit longer than that. Kevin Molino was gone last year too. Oh yeah, who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of someone else that was up there, I guess. But yeah, I mean, they were they were. It, it looked a, the structure looked a little bit different. Why did I think Kevin Molino was still there? That's bad. That's because it's like I'm confused too. Late. <laughs> That's why I thought he was still there. Uh, yeah, probably. I don't know. Ethan Finley. I, I mean, Ethan Paul, Finley. That's what I was. Ethan that's what Finley, I was thinking yeah. of. And, and, and just you know, a quick, a quick little Jeez. sidebar. Like it's amazing. We we were on a we we were on a high note. We were on like a pot on Elon's high note. Like we just recorded our hundredth episode. We recorded episode 101, and it was after the New England loss. So it wasn't like the happiest of conversations that we had, but we, we still, I, I think that we did a pretty good job recording that episode. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I am, I, I basically, I overthink like every action that I, <laughs> that I make. I don't think I am on the top of my game right now. I'm not super bothered by it. Don't get me wrong. I don't think I'm at the top of my game right now. So do not worry, James, <laughs> if you forget Ethan Finlay's name. You thought he was Kevin Molino. I get it. They look alike. <laughs> yeah, sure. They they play up front, right? That's the that was the key that was the key point of that. Sure. But yeah, I think I think we I think we look different and I think DJ Taylor hasn't been bad, but I think we could get someone who is better because there is a gap between DJ Taylor and Roman Metnair, and we're looking to close that gap. I, I mean, maybe Benitez isn't even as good as DJ Taylor, right? Like, we could bring in Benitez and find that he is DJ Taylor's backup. Ooh, that'd be spicy. It's it's not that we don't have, you know, fullback depth. We have O'Neill Fisher. We have DeBassi could could move out and especially play left back. Those options are there should we have an injury to DJ Taylor. Like, we have people, pieces that we can move around. But... Even if Benitez does not win the job against uh, against DJ Taylor, I, I think you know going into next season with two solid two solid right backs, that is a good thing. We have seen season after season after season 
Minnesota United has been stuck with sort of like the 11 top players plus Asani Dotson and Ethan Finlay. And when one of those players is gone, it's like, well, what do, what do we do to make this thing work? And having quality people to switch in and out is a good thing. I, I see a lot because DJ Taylor has kind of won over a lot of hearts this, this season and, and rightfully so. I see a lot of people that are, are worried about what does this mean for the future of DJ Taylor. I would say it's probably all a good thing because I, I think DJ Taylor has shown that he has a bright future with the team and, and a bright future in the league. And I, I think bringing in more depth for this team so that should anything happen to DJ Taylor, that we got people, we got people to play. Yeah. We got options. And I mean, uh, a quick, you know, while I'm just embracing Justin's FIFA job, uh, DJ Taylor is ranked a 59 overall. So, got some work to do. Roman Metnez is 71, right? So, Alan uh, Benitez is a little bit more Roman Metnez than DJ Taylor, according to uh, according to FIFA. According, but according also to FIFA. he's, you know, a, a com- I bet FIFA hasn't updated. It's a, also a comparative. FIFA has age, not seen DJ Taylor play. Right? Like DJ Taylor is only 23, so. Yeah. Yeah. Benitez in the you know, should be in the prime of his career at twenty eight, so Yeah. But we also had more wins. More wins. While we're on the while we're on the optimism. Yeah. We won again. We were up three nil against Real Salt Lake. There were two first half goals from Reynoso, another goal from Amaria. I think his count is nineteen now, depending on kind of what else we count. Um Counting down, right? Not counting yeah, up, yeah, counting, counting down. He has 19 goals. Yeah, yeah, you owe us 19 more 25. goals, Amaria. Chip, chip. Yeah. Hurry up. RSL, 71st minute, 76th minute, score two goals, make it squeaky, but we uh, we get through and we and we win again. And yeah, I think the, the, the text messages were something like Ray is amazing, Amaria is awesome. Oh no, 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 please no, please no, uh, no, no, Dear God, no, not again. Uh, yeah, it it looked like that. It it, it really did look pain. like that. It, because you go up three zero, and I always start thinking like, oh, okay, so what kind of conversation do we get to have on the show? And I, I was like, the conversation is going to be, see, guys, we all need to chill out. Like everything is going to be fine. And then you just kind of gradually see goals come in. Just yeah, and, and, and Doomsday summed it up pretty well. No one makes 3-0 sound scary more than more than Minnesota United. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's rough. It's rough. But we are now in eighth place. So we would just miss a playoff spot if we finish the season today. Because we have, we have 24 points. That is, um, we're we're tied with, I think it's LA Galaxy. Yep. Who and Vancouver, who also have 24 points, but they're below it, us. Yeah, I think they have some games in hand. But I, I do want to point this out, though. We are three points behind fourth place Nashville, who do not have any games in hand. That's true. We are five points behind third place RSL. Who also have no games in hand. Who also do not. Yeah. You know, Austin and LAFC, they have 31 and 36 points, respectively. It, you know, are we catching Austin or LAFC? I, I, I guess we would have to go on a run, and they would have to kind of, you know, start to sag a little bit. But I, I think Nashville and RSL, very much in striking distance for us. So we just hit rock bottom, right? We, we just hit rock bottom, and a week later, we are three points out of hosting a playoff game. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. LA Galaxy have two and, in hand, and Dallas and Seattle have one each. Yeah. So, so I, I guess when when you're thinking about the front office and the decision that they made to bring back Heath and to extend his contract two more years, you know, and I, I do want to point out, right, yes, we made the playoffs last year. Uh, we were playing LA Galaxy. If we would have allowed one more goal against LA Galaxy, we would have dropped from fifth place to eighth place and missed out. True, you, you know. So it, it's it's not like it's it's not like we qualified, made the playoffs with just a ton of ease last year. And and the good thing, at least so far, is our goal difference is a flat zero. 
<laughs> so, I mean, look, Real Salt Lake are five points ahead of us. They also have a goal difference of zero. Yeah. So, and right, and and before we move on, I I do get that it's not only results that have the fan base kind of in a hizzy. You know, people, people that, are frustrated with tactics. People, there's that word again. People are frustrated with not being able to score. People are people are frustrated with doing the same thing over and over, even though it's not really working, and you, you just have no hope or no expectation that it's going to work any differently. I get it. Right, I get it. But if the results keep coming in, like at some point, in in my opinion, at some point it's, right, that's the beauty of being a fan is you get to sit back, you get to open a beer, you get to drink that beer, you get to have a good time watching soccer. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm excited to see uh, what comes next. Sporting Kansas City, by the way, played a game more than us, eight points behind and bottom of the table with a minus 17 goal difference. That is a yeah. massive oof. Oofta. Yeah, I mean, oofta. speaking Sorry. of... I know how you guys are in Minnesota. Right, you're... Yeah, oofta. oofta. Yep. You know, I, I know Alan Polito. That was like their, their club record DP. And when when I say club record, I, I think he cost them like around $10 million, which Reynoso cost us around $5 million. Don't quote me, but Alan Polito cost Sporting Kansas City significantly more than the 5 million that we spent on Reynoso and Alan, Alan Polito was lighting it up at first. We were scared to death of him. He has been hurt. He has been consistently hurt. They, they have cut ties with Alan Polito, right? I, I just talked about earlier. If you're in charge of personnel within an MLS club, you got to make sure that those DPs hit. If your DPs don't hit, you're at a significant disadvantage because Besides the DPs, there's just a lot of parity in the league. Your DPs don't hit, you're going to struggle. Sporting Kansas City put a lot of eggs into the Allen Polito basket and it didn't work out. All right, Johnny Russell's getting older. Can't say I watch a lot of Sporting Kansas City, but I, I've been hearing that Johnny Russell maybe isn't having the same kind of season that he's had in the past. Yeah, obviously Sporting Kansas City which is another MLS team that does not have, sorry, I should say another Western conference MLS team that does not have three straight playoff appearances, even though they're one of the top tier clubs historically. Yeah. It's very interesting. Kind of, kind of how it's all shaken out, but let's go into some discussion, I guess, like going into the international break, we had only allowed 15 goals across 14 games, which is 1.07 for all you Statistician, stats, mathematicians, stat, stats, statisticians, statisticians, statisticians. The more I say this word, I don't think you've said it right, but I also don't think that I could just pronounce the, it on the, the more I say it, the worse it statisticians. sounds. Statisticians. I think, I think it's, isn't it? Yeah, statistician. That's the one. Oh my God. Aren't you a numbers guy? Like, don't you do that for a <sighs> yeah, job? We just say accountant. It's much easier. It just covers all. I teach history. It covers all things. Um, <laughs> we have now allowed two goals in each of the last four games. And this was actually a very concerning stat. Uh, Andy Greeter pointed this out. But after the 50th minute, we have conceded all of those goals, by the way. Eight goals in the last four games. Every single one of them has come after the 50th minute. So we turn off yeah. massively. Like, we are great in the first half. We don't let in. A, we haven't let in a single goal in the last four games, but we've let in eight after the fiftieth minute. That's a problem. Yeah, and you know, I mean, there definitely some of them have been unlucky, right? Um, I'm I'm trying to remember exactly which ones come to mind. Like, I I think the game winner from New England was was it the game winner was just kind of like an outrageous. Yeah, banger. the game winner was like a banger, was a and the banger. one before like skipped under DSC. Yeah, yeah, like there have been some that are are a little bit fluky. You know, last night's right. Last night's I I thought the first goal by RSL was, you know, I didn't necessarily think it was the worst defending on Minnesota's part. And I I think you know, right that that's what soccer is like. You keep you keep trying. Your attempts, your chances may have low probabilities, but you do enough of them and eventually something gets in. I also think that there are 
times when it's like, okay, like the defense has let up or, or maybe it's that we're focusing too much on parking the bus and we are, you, you know, we're, we're forgetting about keeping any offensive pressure going and just kind of allowing the other team to just keep hammering at us, just keep hammering at us in, in ways that frankly did work in the past, but it just doesn't seem to be working this year. Yeah. Right. I've, I've gone over that stat about we are in, in the previous years, we were very likely if we scored first, we were very likely to hang on to the lead and, and come away with a victory this year, much less likely to be able to come away with that victory after scoring first. Those last two games have helped, though, for sure. Let's have a look at our offensive stars, right, and see kind of how they're doing. Reynoso has has kind of started to turn it on, and I believe, if my accounting stats are correct, he is now a leading goal scorer with seven goals. He's had one against New England, and then two at LA, and two against RSL, and an assist with a beautiful through ball to Luis Amaria, uh, which Amaria dinked over the top. So yeah, four goals in the last two games has been pretty much on fire. And then, and then five, right? Five in the four. last, five in the yeah. last four, yeah. So four in the last two, five in the last he four. He no. has missed penalty, obviously, but still managed to score. But. Yeah, he's just looked real good. Uh, is leading the goal tally and is joint leading the assist tally. Joined there by Bongi, actually. Bongi has three assists. Still, yeah, well. still no goals. <laughs> We're close. We're getting closer every time. He he looks like he has much more confidence. Amaria, goal against Miami, assist at LA, goal at RSL as well. So he's he's starting to get it. Four so far this season. And Lod, an assist against LA. And then the foreshadowing becomes complete. Played at the number eight against RSL. I genuinely had to double take when I woke up, uh, looked at Twitter and saw the lineup and did a real like, what? Lod, eight, what? But yeah. As you mentioned before, Ariaga was injured. Rosales was suspended for that red card, so... Yeah, Adrian Heath yeah, ha- even commented after the game, look, I would play him in defense if I have to. So, <laughs> yeah, boy, it's going to get a workout all over the field. When you were watching back, what did you think of Lud at the end? I know you're a Lud guy. I thought it was real interesting. The It was a totally different side of him, right? Like, yeah, do, do I think we should do this every week? Probably not, but... I think it was also a really good way to get everyone on the field because that's always kind of the biggest problem we have, right? And Bongi was starting and we had Lewis, we had Ray, we had Lot on the eight. I think I think it looks really good. I'm not sure how... You know, he even hit the post as well and he hasn't scored in a little bit either. So, yeah, it was good for him to, to build confidence. And, yeah, it was really... Uh, I was really excited to see it, and I'm looking forward to seeing if it happens again or whether we uh, whether we just go back to it's nice having that option, right? Like it's nice knowing yeah. that that's possible. Yeah, I, and that's Lud is becoming one of my favorite players. I I always liked Lud, um, right? In kind of especially like early on, you know, you and Grant kept talking about all the all the faith you had in Robin Lud, and you bought the jersey and. I probably should have bought one too, but you know, you're not married yet. So you get to make, you know, random financial decisions like that. You, you won't be able to this time next year or still this time. Oh next no, year trust me. To, I've, we've been doing wedding budgeting. It's yeah, that's pain. Yep. Any, anyway, <laughs> like I, I basically long story short, I think I want a lid Jersey. I, I like the kind of guy that just, He's clearly a very smart player that wherever you play him, he's able to adapt his game to do what you need to do. Yeah. Box to box. He fit that description perfectly when you were watching. He looked the part. (laughs) You, you, you just, you would think playing right wing would be quite a bit different than playing, uh, than playing the eight. You, you would think playing the nine would be quite a bit different than playing the eight. As you mentioned earlier, the idea that Adrian he said I'd play him at defense if I needed to. Yeah, everywhere. Like, I I'm really I'm really appreciating this guy. I really really am appreciating this guy. It's almost a shame 
because I, I would like him to get in a little in a little uh, who can score the most goals race with Emmanuel Reynoso. But if we keep uh, if we keep playing him a little bit further back, I don't know if that's necessarily fair to yeah, Lud. He's, he's one goal and one assist behind. I I think it's very clear, right? Reynoso is the best player on our team. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone's really questioning that. Lud might be arguably the most important. I agree. High level of talent and a very high level of versatility. I very agree. Cool. Speaking of talent and versatility, let's segue this into the other love that we have on this podcast, which is yeah. Minnesota Aurora. Yeah. yeah, Minnesota Aurora. And right, we, we went into the summer thinking we were going to do more Aurora episodes. We, we haven't gotten a ton of them. We've started kind of squeezing them in with our Loons episodes. I, that, trust us, that's more because of our summer schedule stacking up. And right, like last week, not even being able to do an episode, much less a specific Loons episode followed by a specific Aurora episode. Um, that That's much more due to that than a lack of wanting to talk about Aurora. Yeah, and uh, the summary that I wrote is um, wins, 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 goals, goals, and goals. Because that's yep. pretty much yep. what we've been doing. Uh, Couldn't have said it better myself, yeah, man. We had a, in, in the break, we had a 3-1 win over Chicago Dutch Lions at home. Some of these, by the way, guys, please, 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 please go to Minnesota Aurora Twitter. Pretty much all of these goals have a video. Some of these are absolute bangers. Mariah Wynn has like a flying kick on the back post from across to score in the ninth minute and then rips out the fish celebration as well. The kind of, you know, the reel across the turf and getting held up. And yeah, yeah. fantastic. Cat Rap scored. Ariana Del Moral scored as well. Her first goal. Then two days later, it was a 4-1 win over St. Louis Lions. Morgan Turner scored a PK. Morgan Stone scored a PK. Mariah Wynn scored again. And then Morgan Stone scored in the 60th minute with an absolute banger. Made Sports Center's top 10 was number nine. Just this insane shot from outside the box. Right foot curled it far far corner was, was absolutely nutty. And then went to Chicago and beat the Dutch Lions uh, 3-0. Maya Hansen scored in the 14th. Morgan Stone again scored in the 60th. Uh, she, has a, she, yeah, she has a thing about scoring in the 60th. And Kat Rapp scored in the 74th. And we scored 10 goals uh, in three games. And we, uh, we clinched playoffs, which is awesome. Yeah. We clinched the division, uh, which was thanks to Green Bay having a draw. Uh, they needed to win all their games, including the two against us. Yep. They did not. We uh, we have two more games this season. Both are against Green Bay, and playoffs are clinched though. So yeah. and and like the way that the playoffs are set up, and th- this is kind of typical in you know you know I would say the lower budget leagues in America where you just have a central location for all the playoffs to take place and so you reduce travel costs. All of the playoff games for the entire league are going to be in Minnesota. So it's not like these last two games really matter. I, I guess it'll be sort of a coaching and a team decision for, you know, do you, do you play sort of your first team and, you, you know, just keep the chemistry going? Or do you take your foot off the gas a little bit? I, I I don't know. What do you think, James? Yeah, so this is the thing, right? It's that we play, I think we play on Friday and then Sunday. And then the playoff game is the, the 13th of July, which is a Wednesday. I would... Yeah, so that, that Sunday game, I can't imagine. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Maybe, maybe a little bit, but... I just... I really want to have the entire season undefeated. I think that would be insanely cool. But I also get that it's playoffs and you're against some teams. Like there are some teams in these playoffs that have won games like 11 nil or or 10 nil just stomping on opponents, right? So you you got to be real good against these guys. 
I mean, McLean out of the mid-Atlantic has a plus 28 goal difference in eight games, right? And one of those games, I think yeah. they won eight or nine nil. So, or 11 nil or something. Right. So, yeah, you got to... Uh, this entire league, right? This entire league is basically you have these really quality teams. And you, you basically have one or some of these divisions maybe have one or two or three uh, per division. And and then you have the teams that they're all beating up on. Yeah. And that f- for us is St. Louis Lions. Uh, zero yep. from 10 <laughs> and a minus 28 goal difference. So, yeah, they've been they've been like the, the bullied kid in the playground, unfortunately. Um, so Aurora, big fish in small pond, I guess we're going to see in the playoffs. Yeah. There have been... How how big is our fish in a big? Yeah, there's pond? been a lot of big fish in small ponds, so it's gonna be it's yep. gonna be very interesting. I think there were a couple of interesting things that came out as well. If you if you remember when when we signed Sarah Fuller, one of the things that she talked about was she tweeted, "Where can I find a good taco in Minnesota?" And so there was the. Episode one of the Taco Tour with Sarah Fuller came out, which mm-hmm. was pretty cool. They went to Taqueria La Hacienda. Yep, that's the one. Thank you. Um, yep. And they did an interview. She was there with uh, Shelby Hopiow. And uh, one of the things that came out was who was the funniest one on the team? Well, it's Mariah Wynn or Rami Rap. So that was kind of cool. That was funny to yeah. listen to them chat. Goal leaders, though. Morgan Stone has. Oh, so sorry. Here, here, hold, hold up on the yeah, taco yeah. thing because I, I and I, I felt I felt bad um, when we when we did the taco thing because I I have a favorite taco place and right and I I get that I'm a suburban guy and a lot of you listening are not but I have a favorite taco place it's called AZ Taco Co it's in New Hope right off of Highway One Six We didn't go there, did we? We, did, we, that, we didn't even get tacos, eh? Uh... No, I didn't take you to AZ Taco Co. I know I brought it up, but I don't think I took you. You got a nice enchilada at Chili's. Uh, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> the In 2019, I took you to a Mexican restaurant, but my, <laughs> my favorite taco place, AZ Taco Co. in New Hope. And when we, when we brought this up, I, you know, the first time that we were bringing up how Sarah Fuller wanted to know what the best taco place was in the Twin Cities, I said I was a little nervous to suggest my favorite one to someone from Texas because, you, you know, I, right? I'm I'm from the Midwest. I don't, I haven't ventured down to the the Southwest. I haven't been to Mexico. I don't necessarily know what is the best and most authentic uh, place to get Mexican food. The best and most authentic place to get tacos. And after a school board meeting, I took Nate, Portland Nate, I took him to a, I took him to AZ Taco Co. in New Hope. And, you know, his reaction was, well, I, I used to live in Mexico. Uh, this, this, I think he said it, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he, he gave me a less than enthusiastic response. He did point out that they use pineapple in, in their pastor, which is sort of his litmus test. So he said, yeah, it's pretty good. But kind of like uh, I, I had been. The next board meeting, the next board meeting, he asked me if we want to go back to that place. He says, yeah, that's really good. I've been craving that. And I'm like, Nate, like you just, I, I think he just kind of, you know, not, not to tease Nate on the show because he's probably not listening and he's not around to defend himself. But I, I was like, Nate, you, like, I don't know. AZ Taco Co. in New Hope. Guys, check it out. It's it's like my favorite spot. I'm, I'm obsessed with that spot. Check it out. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, and one thing I forgot to mention was uh, their grades. So Shelby gave it a 9, and Sarah, F- okay. Sarah Fuller gave it a 7.2. But the, uh, okay. the guac is 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 guac. Oh, okay. So that's your hot tip. All right. And... One of the funny, the last thing I wanted to talk about in terms of like kind of stats is that there have been, it's funny the comparison that Aurora just does not have a goal scoring problem. 
Minnesota Aurora definitely has a uh, sorry. Minnesota United definitely has a goal scoring problem, in the fact that only uh, nine guys have scored goals. Three, six, yeah, and only three of them have scored multiple goals. Right. We're talking. Yeah, the this loons. is the loons. So nine guys, yeah. nine guys have scored. Only three have scored more than one, which is Renoso, Lod, and Amaria, which makes sense. For for Aurora, there are twelve different scorers who have scored a total of twenty nine goals. Leading the way is Mo- yeah, Morgan wow. Stone from the midfield, who has five, and then Maya Hansen has four. And yeah, we have also only let in seven goals all year, which is That's pretty nuts. nutty. And the the other crazy stat about those twelve different scorers. Nine of them have scored more than one goal. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's just math, right? Yeah. <laughs> you just score that many goals. Chances are someone scored more than one. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been great to watch. There's been a lot of goal scoring. And, yeah, I think the, the talk about playoffs is that because we are the highest average attendance in the entire league, we're pretty much getting the playoffs. Uh here yeah. at uh, here at TCO Stadium, so that's pretty cool. Well, here, not in the no, Netherlands yeah, at TCO there. Stadium, but but in Egan, Minnesota, at TCO Stadium. Yeah, the Aurora social media account. Their quote, their exact quote was, "Keep your calendars open for July 13th at TCO Stadium." So I am keeping my calendar open for that one. The 13th, that is a Wednesday. That is a Wednesday, so I will barely be back from California, but I will be back. So, I, uh, Sarah, if you're listening, I, I hope you don't mind if I go to that. <laughs> Look, um, Tuesday, July the 5th is pre-sale for Justin. Yep. And, and his fellow season ticket holders. Yeah. And then Friday, July the 8th is for Sam and the rest of the... I don't want to use the word plebs, yes. but uh, non the, the suburban dads <laughs> that couldn't commit to go into six games. Yeah, people like me, I'm not a season ticket holder either, for obvious reasons. Um, Which, I'm glad I didn't buy season... I don't want to say I'm glad I didn't buy season tickets because... How could you? <laughs> I wish I would have bought in season tickets, but I don't think I would have made it. Like I, I, There's maybe one more game that I would have been able to go to that I didn't have something going on during. Hello. Where did I cut uh, off? There would have been one more game that... And then you died. There may, there may have been one more game that I could have gone to besides the opener. So I, I guess it's probably a good thing that I didn't get season tickets... They were fun enough to watch on TV. So, hey, there you go. Yeah. But, yes, Justin will be buying his tickets on Tuesday, July 5th. I will be looking for my tickets on Friday, July 8th. Shoot, I'm going to be in California, so I might have to have someone else look to get me some tickets. Justin, Justin. if you're listening. Justin. I'm going to ask Justin to pick me up a ticket. But anyway, yeah, it, it's going to be an eight-team tournament. This is really exciting, by the way. Uh, like, yeah, it's. Let me run down the divisions. So I, I think South Central is going to be wide open. It, it looks wide open still. Chattanooga Red Wolves in South Georgia Tormenta FC. They are in the driver's seat, but the South Central far from decided at this time. Um, USL League One fans will recognize both Chattanooga Red Wolves and South Georgia Tormenta FC as familiar I, names. I recognize Chattanooga. Yeah. Yeah. And Chattanooga is a kind of an interesting story. They're not a huge city. They're not a huge city. Like, they're smaller than a Madison or a Des Moines. But they have two professionals professional men's soccer teams, like third division soccer teams. There you go. Which is pretty unique, pretty unique for the United States. Uh, the Southeast, it's looking to be either FC Miami, Miami City or Tampa Bay United. Each of those teams with a plus 15 goal differential. So again, we're talking about the Sharks and the Minnows here. The South 
Atlantic Division, it looks to be either Greenville Liberty SC. They have eight. The South Atlantic Division, it is going to be Greenville Liberty SC. They have eight wins, one loss, two draws, a plus 20 goal differential. Another shark there. Coming out of the Mid-Atlantic Division, McLean Soccer, which is from McLean, Virginia, which is in the D.C. area. They are ranked number one in the power rankings. I believe they have been for most of the season. They have eight wins, zero losses, a plus 28 goal differential. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty nutty. There are there is also only five teams in that division. Some of the divisions are a little bit smaller, but sure. Yeah, McLean are uh, McLean are going pretty nuts over there. To be honest, they they won their last game eleven nil, and they scored yeah. nine goals in the second half. <laughs> so that's fairly ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's beating up on the small kid. That is. They've let in three goals, by the way. That's how insane That's crazy. that is. Maybe they're just a bunch of jerks and they, they get up by multiple goals and they just keep the pedal on the metal. And <laughs> just they, have mul- they have two players who have scored seven goals this season. And one of them also has seven assists. It's just, yeah. There you go. It's crazy. And, and I'm kidding. I don't think... I. I don't think anyone is a jerk for running up the score. Um, I I was more just just joking, kind of making a reference to the both the U.S. women's national team against Thailand in the last World Cup, but also any uh, Wisconsin Badger football fans. We have uh, we have been accused of being jerks when we run up the score against Indiana (laughs) or a team like jerks. Bunch of jerks. Yeah. the Metropolitan Division wide open. You have Morris Elite SC, Queensboro FC, Long Island Rough Riders. Those would probably be the three teams in the driver's seat, but that division is wide open. The Great Lakes Division, it appears that it's going to be either Indy 11 or Midwest United FC, which is near Grand Rapids, Michigan. Indy 11 with a plus 21 goal differential, Midwest United with a plus 18. Aurora will likely be playing one of these teams in the first round. Okay, if I if I read things right, yep. Aurora is going to get one of those teams in the first round. Yep. And actually, the the Metropolitan and the Great Lakes divisions; those are the biggest divisions in the league. So there is a wild card spot. There is a wild card spot. That wild card bid will be from one of those divisions. Um. So. Yeah, Minnesota could get either, could get either uh, Indy Eleven or Midwest United FC in the first round. Just for comparison, obviously we know who won the Heartland Division. That would be ourselves, Minnesota Aurora. You know, nine wins, one draw, a plus twenty-one goal differential. That one, right? That that one draw shouldn't have happened. One bloody draw while I was there as well. Oh well. That's uh, James out. Yeah, that's how it happens. But it, yeah, it's been really interesting. I think uh, yeah, there's definitely been some sharks. I think McLean are, are pretty up there, and and I've seen Indy Eleven and and Midwest United kind of uh, making moves as well. So I think it's going to be hopefully McLean's not on our side of the draw. Going to have to work that one out. We're closing up. We got a few games. Uh, Thursday, July seventh, Aurora at Green Bay Glory as the start of the double header. Also, the U.S. women's national team is versus Jamaica in the CONCACAF Women's Championship down in Mexico. Friday, July 8th is the Loons at Vancouver. Saturday, July 9th is Aurora uh, back at Green Bay Glory again, finishing off the regular season. And Monday, July 11th, the U.S. women's national team versus Mexico down in Mexico Top two teams from the group stage advance to the World Cup. I believe the U.S. women's national team has already won a couple of games. Uh, they beat Haiti 3-0 already. Uh, so, yeah, there are only there are three games, so they are off to a good start. Alex Morgan scored a couple. Margaret Purse, Purse scored one as well. So, yeah, good start from uh, the ladies there. 
Very good, very good. Well, okay, that was our, I don't want to say triumphant return to podcasting. <laughs> Jeez, it's only a week. We, we missed a week, and it feels like we missed a month. I don't, well, I don't well know. in that week, you know, we, we, we missed a week, or we missed two weeks. Okay, we missed a week, but in those two weeks since we podcasted, we had two losses and five wins across two teams. So, you know what? We take that. Yep. Yep, we will take that. So, we will be back next week. We're going to record shortly after the Vancouver game. I don't know how much Green Bay we're going to talk about. We, we might just focus on the Loons until the USLW playoffs. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure that if anything big happens that we'll, we'll talk about that. And actually, I keep saying we. I am not going to be there. I'm going to be in California. I told Justin and James, I was like, you know, because I, I, I do the editing and the publishing <laughs> on the podcast. So, James, I still have to show you how to at least publish the next episode. Guys, it might not even have the theme song, but that's okay. We'll, we'll uh, add, like, uh, isn't the OC from California? We'll just add the OC or something. We'll, we'll make it work. Yeah. You know, there you go. All right, guys. Peace out and pot on your loons. Peace out, pot on your loons.